you guys count us out, or not you guys, but all the media counts, counts us out everywhere um, all the time. So um, it's nice to see everybody eat their words. Um, we're just going to lock in and go in game seven and, and uh, try to complete this comeback like we did before. You know, so um, you know, last year we always said, you know, we have play, playoff experience underneath our belt. And we had two game sevens. And now this year we have the same two game sevens um, with even greater comeback. So, um, you know, the guys that we have, the chemistry that we have, and, and the couple of years that we've had of experiencing close games and, and meaningful games, um, we've come together and really played well. Welcome back into the NBA Morning Deuce. We are eating our words, as Jamal Murray so eloquently put it. Everyone is. It's unbelievable. Thought we'd have a nice Monday where we could just preview the conference finals for both series. Then the Nuggets. They got to do what they do. We got to have breaking news in the coaching world. This was not the Monday episode I had anticipated. I mean, I pretty much said on Friday this would be a preview episode, didn't I? You did say that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not what was our four games? We haven't been with our audience for four games. And yeah, yeah. We off. had two Clippers and then the two closeout games. Right. So yeah, that's. Uh... Hey, we got a game seven. I mean, no, no. It, the, I awesome. mean, the, the game t- Tuesday is going to be sick. I mean, yep. tomorrow night is going to be awesome. With you got game one of the Eastern Conference Finals and game seven of this series. Yeah. So. We're not going to dive too deep into the to the Lakers and the Celtics that are two of the games that we were not there with you. They both closed out their series. So to catch you up on the playoffs where we stand, the Celtics and the Lakers both advance. So now we have Heat Celtics conference finals. Take all my money because I'm all in on that series. That's going to be a great series. I, I'm way more excited about that series than I was about this Raptors-Celtics series. And the Raptors-Celtics series was awesome. So I'm all in on that. Lakers, no surprises there to me. Um, LeBron's a freak. Do you have any thoughts on either of those games that we didn't... Do you have anything you need to hit from those games since we're not hmm. going to extensively nothing, cover them? Nothing I need to hit, but I just, I just really find myself appreciating... The beauty of a seven-game series, like the best team won that Boston-Toronto series. Definitely you know? the most talented um, team. Well, yeah, the best team. They they're the best team now for I sure. Just, yeah, I just I love how the NBA gives you that. Um, you know, if you can't figure it out in seven games and you lose the series, you weren't the better team. And uh, that's fair. Celtics got it done. Yeah, that was a, that was great. Um, I can't get over just every time I watch LeBron. It's like. You just there, there's never enough. Of, there, I don't think there will ever be enough appreciation for how good he is. It's just it won't. There never will be. I uh, yeah. I mean, just the minutes he puts up and his age. It's just I've I feel like I've ranted about it yeah. numerous times, but I, I don't have anything more to say. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So we will. So tomorrow on the show we will dive deep into because there's no games tonight. So. Tomorrow, we'll dive into the Heat-Celtics series. That'll be a lot of the show tomorrow because there's no games tonight. Tomorrow's game one. We can preview game seven for Clippers-Nuggets a little bit. Um, 
and then of course we'll talk Lakers down the line. That game, that series now will not start till Friday. Ugh. So we're gonna have a couple nights this week without games, which kind of stinks. Um, just because we've gotten so used to the way the bubble's been with games every other day. Um, and then I, like I said, the other big news this weekend. Well, there's two big things, but the first big thing that happened was Mike D'Antoni informing the Rockets he will not be coming back and he is entering free a- coaching free agency. We are going to discuss that because that, I guess, not shocking because the rumors were out there for a while that this could be happening. I wasn't really sure if they were going to fire him or he was going to leave, but we know now he has decided to leave, I guess, before they could fire him. And then the unfortunate ending to the Daniel House saga, which... Just now is sad. I mean, just seeing what and just the whole—it's just sad now. We'll, we'll we'll touch on it. I don't want to hit it too much because it's now it's like personal. Um, like it's really going to impact his family. It looks like, which sucks. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll update on what happened to that. But first, as Jamal Murray alluded to, and I've sort of alluded to, we don't have an opponent for the Lakers yet because the Nuggets once again. They're looking, they come back from 3-1 for the second series in a row. They beat, what was the final score of that game? I'm missing it. I know, oh, 111-98 in game six. And it's absurd of, it's absurd how much of a beatdown it ended up being because they were down 19 in the third quarter. They went on a 30-8 run to come back and take the lead. After Jamal, I don't know if you saw the play, but Jamal Murray goes up for a layup, gets absolutely crushed by Paul George, looks like he's dead, stays down, gets up and stays in the game, and then they go on this absurd run. Uh, he's winning a lot of fans in these playoffs. Oh my I God. feel like his his fan base has grown exponentially in this in these playoffs. Just because he's been awesome. Yeah. And it's just a few things for on on the on the Nuggets now, right? So they can become the first team ever. To win, to come back from 3 1 and win a series in the same playoffs. They're the only team ever to force a game seven after being down 3 1 in back to back series. This playoffs now, they're 5 0 in elimination games, which is absurd. That's absurd. That's completely absurd. They they have played now, this will be their fourth consecutive game seven dating back to last year's playoffs. They're the only team in NBA history to ever do that. Um, and Jokic, who we will dive into right now, in elimination games in this playoffs, 28 points per game on 55% shooting, 54% from three, 10 and a half rebounds, five, six assists, essentially. Uh, you asked me earlier in the playoffs, can the Nuggets win a championship with Jokic as their best player? And I adamantly said no. And I'm not going to say I'm turning back on that because I'm not sure. But what he's doing in these playoffs is what your best player has to do to win you a championship. Flat out. these are He is playing like an, like an elite championship level player. It's absurd. Uh, yeah, I can't. I, I was definitely wrong about him and i mean i knew how good he was i just the way he looked early on in that utah series it just kind of seemed like you know he had reached his ceiling like he's just a really good offensive player 
He's not going to be able to carry you on both ends of the court uh, against a really good team. But, I mean, game seven against this Clippers team, and this Clippers team is championship caliber. I, I mean, championship talent. Issues. Championship talent. Yeah. Yeah. Championship talent. And if you forcing a game seven against a team like this, it, it tells me that Denver in the long term is in really good shape. I mean, when you're, if they keep the pieces together, of course. But, um, yeah, I can't say enough about Jokic. The three point shoot, that three point shooting stat in game sevens is awesome. Like, well, no, it's in, in elimination games. In elimination games. So okay. anytime they're down 3 1 or, or 3 2, whatever. Yeah. But that's, yeah, 54%. 54% in any games is like yeah. unheard of. The, you know what's interesting to me watching them was over. The, I've noticed this the past couple games, and I don't know maybe if I did, wasn't paying attention to their offense as much. They're running sets. And I guarantee you, Michael Malone took these from Rick Carlisle. They are running sets that were the Mavericks' bread and butter for Dirk when Dirk was winning cha- was champ was a championship player. They're running this one set where Yoke like normally when you set like a pin down or a down screen for a wing player, so you, you come down real quick and just set that one quick like screen in the corner to come up for a shot. That's usually a big for a wing. Mm-hmm. They used to run for Dirk to get him isoed at the elbow. The, he would be in the corner and a guard would set that pin down. And it was really hard because big men typically are not the guy chasing someone off a screen. So it's really hard to guard if you have a big who's athletic enough to make those plays. Jokic, before this bubble, was probably not athletic enough to make those plays, but he, he transformed his body. He's moving totally different now too. And they're running these plays. He's playing like Dirk. He really is. He's and not he's Dirk. Sustaining it. It's different. Dirk probably was a tiny bit better of an athlete, tiny bit, because he wasn't a great athlete either. But it's obs- like just watching him, it's crazy what he has become in these playoffs. And then he's always had the passing. He, he's yep. such a good passer. He's probably a better passer than Dirk, I, I think. Well, he's, um, yes. He's, they, they keep the, every game now, it's the announcers debate whether he's the best passing big man ever. He's definitely up there. I mean, I mean, there's no question already. He's a guy averages like six assists a game for a center. It's crazy. Um, I, I still uh, I do not think they win this game seven. Uh, if they win the game seven, I don't think they can handle the Lakers. But I'm totally down for them to keep proving me way wrong. Like I, well, I don't not, know if this Nuggets team is just if they're just wildly inconsistent. Or I'm not done. With, well, here's the thing. I'm not still not done with Jokic because here's the other thing with him in this series. In game one, he had three rebounds. Thanks. He had three rebounds. Since then, he's averaging like 14 rebounds a game. It just sort of tells me that the mentality that the guy has too. He played bad in game one and they got blown out. And we were talking about. I mean, we I think everyone. I I quoted Chappelle show. Yep. And it looked like they were done. And he clearly looked at this team and he said, the bigs on this team are Zubot, Zubach and Trez. I'm going to roast these guys. And he is absolutely that. Again, what a elite level franchise player has to do in the playoffs. It's, it's crazy. Um, I, yeah, I don't Seems know. I like think you like his pity pad a little bit. Oh, God. <laughs> Man, this guy. I think I love his pity pack. 
I mean, I do. I, I, I haven't heard Joey rave about a big man like this since ever. You know what really. else I love about him? That he goes harder and longer than anybody. Yeah. And that's good. I mean, not a lot. Of, it's because he lost all that weight. Um, but yeah, it's cra- you know, it's, 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 it's amazing. And the thing about this game, too, so to, to bring the Clippers aspect into it, is yes, the Clippers were up by 19, but they never, there was never a, I never got a sense watching the game that it, it always was like they're up by 19 because they're just so talented. It was never like Denver's not playing well or the Clippers are playing harder. The Denver was always playing harder. Denver went on a little run towards the end of the first half where they were missing shots and Clippers were just making shots getting in the line. But really Denver for the mo- Denver came out, they were up like 8-2 at the beginning of the game. They were playing harder for most of the first half. They just the Clippers went on this one run. But the Clippers body, but even in the third quarter, before the Clippers went on their huge run, or the, excuse me, Denver, Denver went on like a 4-0 or 5-0 run, and everyone on the Clippers is just like their heads are down. They're looking around. Can't do that. They, their body language the whole time. They are they don't have the body language of a championship team. I, I kind of picked up on that too, especially Harold. Um, also, Lou Williams is having it dog shit playoffs he's he's really needs to step up it's awful oh yeah awful he's only had two 20 point games in the playoffs and both of them were against dallas in the games they lost so uh, yeah a part of me i i really don't know whether to look at it as the nuggets are this inconsistent team and when they play well they're really really great or the clippers have some uh a little bit of a problem here especially especially with their depth just not good. Well, look, they got nine points from Beverly Zubak and, and Marcus Morris combined. Pat Beverly fouled out with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. He made one he shot. Sucks. I mean, he he's, he's 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 been horrible for them since he came back. Yeah. Um, uh, I think there's probably a combination of both. I mean, Denver's really good. Denver's really good and deep. They're really young, but the Clippers just they've been up and down the whole playoffs. They're up and down even in the Dallas series. So, my. So this brings to this bring me a little bit to Kawhi Leonard. Okay. And and I sort of brought this up earlier in the playoffs, I think. Uh maybe it was against Dallas, maybe it was in this series, I don't know. Where it was against Dallas where I said if Dallas wins this series, you have to really question Kawhi's legacy as a championship player. Because in San Antonio he was not the man. Like, he was great, but he played with Hall of Famers. Champions that were champions before he was there. In Toronto, he played on a roster full of guys that had been to championships or had been to Eastern Conference Finals, like experienced guys. Kyle Lowry was the leader of that team. Kawhi was just the best and most talented player. Danny Green was on that team. Marcus Saul had been deep in the playoffs. Serge Ibaka had gone to the finals before. This team doesn't have a leader. And my my worry watching this team is what Kawhi Leonard needs to the, what makes him so great, it, like the thing we always talk about the robotic cyborg, he just makes it look so easy, he has no emotion. 
is maybe what's hurting the team because like when I listen to him, I have a clip here. When I listen to him post game, I'm like, LeBron would never like LeBron would not LeBron would get, he just for anything LeBron is or isn't LeBron would not. I, LeBron would have closed out one of these games. I, I just, I, I can't, I, he would have his team up for this. I, I just can't see. So they asked him, they asked Kawhi, they said, these guys have now been to multiple game sevens. And last year you obviously played in a game seven. So what are you going to tell your team, you know, about next game? This is what he said. Uh, just got to leave it all out on the floor. Uh, make sure we are paying attention to detail, um, executing and communicating on the defensive end. And that's all we could do. Uh, go out there, play hard and, and uh, just make sure we know the game plan. Just make sure we play hard. That's all we can do. Know the game plan. But that's who he is. You know? I understand I, that, but that's my point. Is that if he's not getting in their ass, who who is on that team? No one respects Doc Rivers. Him. Doc they, Rivers. They clearly don't respect Pat Beverly. Like no one cares. He. I think they even know he's a joke. I think if the blame, if there's any blame, has to go on Doc Rivers. I mean, they haven't lost the series yet. Maybe they're just. Maybe they played an incredibly good uh, Mavericks team, and maybe this Nuggets team. I've underestimated a little bit. They're up three um, one. They're up three one. Yeah, but we, it's a seven game series for a reason. It, I understand that, but it's if he if he, and it's not like he's played bad in these last two games. But I know what you're saying, and I just think that's more of a credit to LeBron in terms of being that elite leader. Kawhi's just never going to be that. Okay, how about this one? This is him. They asked him about giving up leads in these games. I just said, um, just make sure. Um, you know, when we're up, when we're up, we need to, you know, have keep our focus, um, still run our run our plays, execute, and um, don't be uh, lazy on defense. Uh, just still have uh, attention to detail and keep playing hard. You are a Man, I'm defensive, you to, defensive player I'm of the year. To send me those. Why? It's putting me to sleep. I'm like Wait, about to fall asleep. I'm saying. And at night when I can't get to sleep, I'm going to need you to play that, and I'll, I'll doze right off. Kawhi Leonard, you are the, a top two player in on the planet. You are a defensive player of the year. You are widely regarded as the best defensive player in the world. How is your team lazy on defense? How is your team lazy on defense? In in two games that you could have closed out and gone to the East, the Western Conference Finals. It just It doesn't make sense to me. And the only thing I'm seeing, other than Jokic playing out of his mind, is the Clippers looking like they thought they were going to come in and just be more talented and win. Because that's what at least game six looked like. It looked like they just were like, all right, eventually we'll make the run and we'll put this away. And they never did. So out of all this, I think it, it gives... Nick Nurse a lot of credit for getting that Raptor. Like Nick Nurse was the and Kyle Lowry were the leaders on that team that had those people that were not as talented as Kawhi ready to go. He's not a leader. I understand. I I agree, but I I I guess my point is, it's a combination of Ka- maybe Kawhi and the players that are on this team. But yeah, he's not a leader. But that's sort of a problem for your for the second best or first best player on, in the world. That. He's that good, but he's not going to be the leader. It's kind of a uh, that's a, seems like an issue, and and again they haven't lost the series, but even blowing a three one lead is is an issue. And it could be totally different. They could come out and again blow out the Nuggets and 
sweep the Lakers somehow and go on and win a title because it, it looks like, you know, the West, these two teams we thought were better than the two teams in the East. We don't know. Yeah. But it is concerning that they have looked bad in the playoffs. It, for all intents and purposes, for a team that's supposed to be a championship team, they've looked bad in the playoffs. They've now lost five games in the and first they, two rounds. And they have stretches where they like, not they're like beyond bad. They're like, they don't even look like a team out there. And, and it's just so weird because we know what they look like when they're firing on all cylinders. So to me, I just, that sort of blame or whatever you want to call it goes to Doc Rivers. Just but, because I know what Kawhi is. Like Kawhi is a weird guy. He's not gonna lead he's not gonna lead these guys like he's well, not gonna be that rah-rah guy. But if the coach has to be the guy to get the players motivated in the NBA, then you're done. Well, it worked last year. Then maybe it has to be Paul George. I don't know. I, I just know No, I, I don't know if there is an answer. I mean yeah. I think they, they still have the talent to just overwhelm the nuggets if they come out and play hard for even 40 minutes though. But I, I, I think I'm just saying I look ahead to the Lakers because the Lakers are the opposite. Not only do they have LeBron, but they have a bunch of guys who've won championships or gone to championships and play hard at all times. I mean, Alex Caruso, for whatever he is, he's not taking plays off. Markeith Morris isn't taking play. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. How, how can you go through such huge lulls? to give up a 3-1 lead when you're this talented. They're so talented. They're, they're unquestionably the most talented team left to me. Oh. I, like yeah, from I, top to I, bottom. From Okay, yeah. Throughout the, the entire yeah. roster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I put a lot of that on Kawhi. I put more of it on Kawhi than on Doc because Doc can only do, as a coach, You can in terms of motivation, you can only do so much. They're still on the floor. They got to – you got to – grown men – fighting for a championship, you got to be motivated. If the, co if it's up to the coach to get the players motivated and locked in for 48 minutes, then that's a, then they're in trouble. Yeah. I, I know what you mean for like a, an individual game, but I just mean in terms of like a culture, I, I don't know. I, I like, well, they, but the culture, but so last year when they had Chris Paul and a bunch of, you know, fringe players coming together, the whole thing was that they had this incredible culture and they played hard every game, and that's the only reason they made the playoffs. So now they get two top 10 players in the league and their culture goes away. I mean, they had a bunch of roster turnover, didn't they? But it, yeah, but I'm, but I'm, my, I'm really not, but the I'm coach, not even disagreeing the, the with coach you. Didn't, just, the coach didn't change, the players changed. Yeah, I, I think it, that it's culture. I mean, it's not really quantifiable, but it's this huge recipe and it doesn't seem to be clicking right now because I see the same things you do with the body language. I'm just saying, like, I already know Kawhi isn't that guy. So just. But that's a problem to me. I, I don't know. That's yeah. a problem. That That's a problem. And that's a that's going to if they get knocked again, I'll bring it back up because the question's going to come. If they lose this series, people are going to start questioning Kawhi's legacy already. They're going to yeah. look back and they're going to say he won a a title with the Spurs and he won a title against a Warriors team that lost two of their three best players. If he, if he, especially if he gives up a three, one lead because last year when they, when they brought back, when they came back from two Oh against Philly, again, that was a team full of vets, tough dude, tough minded dudes. And that have been there. I don't, I don't 
this team doesn't have those guys. So he's going to have to be the guy. And again, like you said, he's not playing bad. But someone has to hold the team accountable. On the floor. Not, not It's just not Doc. I, 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 I mean, it is an all, there is a formula, but it's, he worries me. That, that, that part worries me. Now that I, now that I sort of, it all comes together, but we'll see. I, I, either way, man, it looks good for the Lakers because yeah, they got to be licking their chops. Oh, I mean, even if they, seven, like, sure. And even if they, even if it's Denver, I mean, Anthony Davis ain't fucking Zubats and Montrez Harrell. So Jokic is going to be fine. Jokic will get some, Jokic will put up numbers, but with Anthony Davis guarding him, it's going to be a little bit of a different story. Definitely. So we'll see tomorrow night. That's, oof. I can't wait for that game. That's going to be a fun game. Um, all right. Mike D'Antoni is, has decided to become a free agent head coach and leave the Rockets. Uh, he had a 28 and 23 record in, in the playoffs with the Rockets and obviously great regular season record with these guys. My initial take on this is, I guess, if I guess if he, he must believe that there's something better out there for him, I don't know that there's anything better out there for the Rockets because they're stuck with this roster. Unless Maury can work another miracle trade, but they have Russ and Harden locked in for another two years each, and Gordon's extension I think is about to hit. So they really don't have money to go out and change the roster unless they can make a deal. So who better to coach this roster than Mike D'Antoni? So what, what is your gut? Is that he, he wanted to leave or this was kind of like, my, a, a my, the only, my, my, my first thought was he must be talking to like, that's why David Griffin hasn't hired a coach yet because David Griffin was in the Suns organization. David Griffin was the assistant GM in Phoenix when D'Antoni was the coach there or he worked his way up in the organization. I don't know if he was if he was the assistant GM yet, but I know he was in the organization. So he has a history with D'Antoni. So maybe that's my instinct, maybe my first instinct was, hey, look at what I just did with the small ball with PJ Tucker as my center. Imagine what I can do with Zion Williamson as my small yeah. ball center. God, that would be fun as hell. Which is to me the best chance for him to be successful right now make him into a small ball center and surround him with shooters and let him handle the ball when he needs to, whatever. But D'Antoni goes to the Pelicans and you play. Uh, I mean, I don't know who you, I don't know who your four is unless you're just going to go with Ingram as your four, but that's, I mean, you need a Robert Covington type, which there aren't many of those. I don't know who your four is, but still, I mean, I, I, maybe that's what he saw. I don't know. But I, but I think he also saw this. We've just sort of hit our ceiling with this situation in Houston. It must have been. I don't know. It's I weird. think so. Houston, man, it's such a weird scenario because, like, I just don't know where they go. They've been shooting. They've been running like not even an NBA offense. Like it's like this bizarre experiment. It didn't work. And it's. I mean, more than anything, I think the roster just kind of when the Chris Paul thing fell through, you know. Just didn't work yeah. out for the Rockets. I don't really think there's much blame to go anywhere. Um, but I just, you know, what's funny is all these teams that made these moves, like teams that were good last year, made that made drastic moves when the Warriors weren't going to be good. 
Like, think about it. Couldn't Houston have... I mean, Houston was a team that two years ago was a game away from being in the championship. And then now the Warriors are gone and they get rid of Chris Paul. Well, that was... I mean, that was because him and Harden, it was irreparable, right? I don't know. I, I, I think guess. that, yeah, I think it was like one or the other. and Which is it, just it weird. Hard. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. guess that that's, that. I mean, if that's what it was, fine, but just weird. But they're, they're not the only team. Like Portland did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And a few teams did it. And they just made all these drastic moves when it's like, let's just see what we got without yeah. the Warriors, you know? But Russ obviously doesn't work. So I don't know. And then, th- so the names that I saw early were Ty Lue and Jeff Van Gundy. Hmm. I like but, Jeff Van Gundy there. That'd be cool. Yeah, Jeff. I would. It'd be cool to see Jeff. He's coached there before. He was really good as a coach there. Uh, but I just, again, if this is the roster you have coming back, no one's going to be better than D'Antoni, because well, no, that's one thing is, it, no one's going to have to overhaul the roster. <laughs> I mean, they, but how can? Because, but they can't. The, the, all these guys are under contract. Right. I mean, they're going to have to do something drastic. I mean, they're going to have to ship print. off a piece they don't necessarily want to. Yeah, but but unless you find a coach that's willing to take this thing even further with the the sure, I the, the, the shooting and right, they're going to have to ship ball. a piece they don't want to. But like, what's the piece, and who's going to take it and give them anything they want? You're not going to. Ta- you're not taking I'm, Eric Gordon because he has a contract coming. His extension's about to hit, and he's making probably more than he should. You're not taking Russ or Harden because they still. I mean, you're not trading Harden, so you're not taking Russ because he has one of the most untradeable contracts in the league. And even if you, let's say you trade Robert Covington, who has a great contract and is a really good player, you're not getting a whole lot back. I mean, you you draft a seven-footer, or here's what I'm saying. The alternative is to take some, like a coach who's willing to continue running this small ball to death type thing. Yeah, well, they're not going to have a choice. They may not have a choice, whoever they hire. That's the thing is whoever they bring in, they're probably not going to have a choice but to Maybe run it. Maybe they take it a step further. They shoot 65 threes a game next year. And who's going to who's gonna get the most out of them defensively? I mean, they were great on defense in the playoffs. Like, they can't be much better than what they did in the playoffs defensively. Yeah. I, I just, you're like, to your point, they have nowhere to go. So losing D'Antoni actually crushes them, in my opinion. It's really it's gonna be really hard for a new coach to come in with this roster and be successful next year. Yeah. Unless they do totally blow it up and try to get value and just totally process it and trade Harden. Yeah, trading Harden, which I mean you would get an unreal haul from somebody. I you would, but I I don't even know who. Because you have to give up so much for a guy who really is not a championship player and he's not young I'm trying to think what I, I would trade Horford and Ben Simmons for <laughs> I would do that in well sure I mean Ben Simmons now if, if the Rockets could get Ben Simmons that'd be interesting it would be and Hard, really? Harden, Harden and Embiid would be interesting in the east because Simmons Ooh. could guard a five maybe yeah. that's the trade that makes the most sense for both teams I don't know it's not gonna happen. But. Maybe maybe the rock maybe the Warriors pick for Harden. They have like a top three or four oh, pick. Man, that would be outrageous. Yeah. Warriors Warriors just go all in for one more run. I mean that that 
to me, we talked about this before. That's is the most obvious move from the Warriors standpoint. Want to trade the pick? Yeah, I yeah mean, with sure. all the money you're giving to Clay, yeah. Steph, and I think Draymond still has. I actually don't. Know I mean, what think Draymond's about a starting is. lineup. Think about a starting lineup of Steph, Harden, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond. It's ridiculous. That that's outrageous. That having just having Harden and Steph on the floor together is crazy enough. And then, oh yeah, let's just add another top ten shooter of all yeah. time in Clay Thompson. I don't think they're going to trade Harden. He's too much a part of that. What that organization has become, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But it just—they're in a bind. They're in a real sure. tough spot because there's no coach that can come in and do a whole lot more than what D'Antoni did. I don't think. Yeah. Now, as far as D'Antoni goes, the names that he's the teams that he's been mentioned for are New Orleans, obviously, Indiana, and Philly. I'm sure any team that has an availability. Who else is available? Chicago, I think. Is the only maybe the only other one? You said Indiana, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. I can't think. I can't think of. Do, do the Kings have a coach? Who cares? <laughs> oh yeah, it's no, Luke Walton. I, I really Luke don't. Walton. Yeah, it's Luke Walton. They have to yeah. hire a GM. Um, I don't think he'd be good for Philly unless they overhaul the roster, which is going to be really I, hard I was, to do. I've been thinking about it since the news broke, and I, I'm with you there. I, I just. Especially, he's just not the guy to me that's going to... He's never coached a good big man. Well, I guess Amari, but that's different. Right. And I just feel like he's better suited coaching like veterans who are already fully bought in. Like I just don't think he's going to be able to hold, well, hold them get... be accountable or Simmons accountable. Even if he can hold him accountable. Can. Even if he can hold him accountable, like who? what's he going to run? I mean, he doesn't have... There's no shooters. Maybe he comes up with a brand new offense that we've never thought of. He's a genius, man. I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. But I feel like to win next year, Indy would be his best bet because I think if they're fully healthy and D'Antoni implements some kind of an offense with that that squad, they could be a sleeper team in the East. For the future, if he wants to coach for a long time, obviously New Orleans makes all the sense in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where I want him to go. I think that would be awesome. I think that's where the NBA wants him to go. I think they want to see Zion Williamson in a Mike D'Antoni offense. Be cool as hell. I I mean, Alvin Gentry got hired originally because he was on the Warriors staff and he was going to come in and they were going to play this up-tempo, high-paced type of thing and similar to the Warriors and ball movement and all that. So, and they have the, Griff- uh, the David would- Griffin connection. I was going to say that would actually make sense. That bizarre firing of Alvin Gentry would make a lot more sense if, you know, a little birdie got in his ear and was like, Mike D'Antoni's leaving after this year. Makes a lot more sense. Absolutely. I agree. And, but also, the Nate McMillan might make more sense. Yeah. If they think, because the, the, the report I saw about Pacers is that they're going all in. Like they are pulling, they're going to pull out all the stops to go get D'Antoni. I haven't heard anything about the Pelicans other than he's been rumored, and I know obviously they work together, but the um, the Pacers, the report is they are they're all in, like that's their guy. So yeah, they just don't they just don't have what the Pelicans can offer. <laughs> the, yeah, they have a good that, roster, that, and they're in the East. I just think that what New Orleans is working with the foundation there is so exciting. It would be a no brainer for me if I'm Mike D'Antoni, but. We'll see. It'll be interesting. It's almost more interesting to see what happens with the Rockets at this point and who they get to, to be their coach. And 
if I'm Ty Lue, I'm not going there. I'm waiting. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I think Maury hires like some dude we've never heard of straight out of college that is down to fire up even more threes, and they just push the thing to the limit. I don't know. I don't know. He's never done that before. I mean, before D'Antoni was Kevin McHale. So I'm just at your point about their roster kind of being locked in is yeah, it's done. And they, they there's gotta, they got to keep trying this. Yeah. And then speaking of the Rockets, this will end off here, but it's, it's so we left off Friday with the Daniel house story, trying to speculate and come up with our best answers for what happened. He ended up getting kicked out of the bubble. It turned out he had an unauthorized guest in his hotel room. It was his fault the whole time. Um, and even his wife, his wife commented on, she like posted on Instagram, just like on a story. It was just all black. And it just said, you reap what you sow. Oof. It's this, this went from like, it went from like one of the funnier, like what happened? Who snitched this and that? Now it's just sad. Yeah. Like to I me, just it's just, believe- now it's just sad because a, he was such well, more, more important than anything. Hopefully, uh, who knows what's going to happen with his family? That sucks. But also, the Rockets get bounced after looking really good at when when this guy goes out. And not that he's the factor, but when you when you're not very deep in the first place, that's a huge thing. But the whole thing just it's just how dumb can you be? Like with the amount of money and resources the NBA has shoved into this bubble, like how could you possibly think this was going to work? It just it's just so dumb to me. And he put a lot of people at risk. It's it's sad, but I'm also just like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Oh, I'm not sad for him. He, right. He, just, yes, he, he, like, family, like she said, you reap what girlfriend. you sow. It sucks for his I mean, he has three kids. What a what an idiot. What did you think was gonna like you said, what did you think was gonna happen? You're <laughs> under twenty four hour surveillance, dude. Yeah. Come on. there's got to be more there though with the did they say anything about um because didn't she get through a couple checkpoints i mean that that, yeah i'm sure there might be a 30 for 30 on this when it's all said and done please that'd be incredible but well that sucked but they're out so we don't have to hear about it anymore i'm sure we'll find out more later on i'm pumped for tomorrow night tomorrow's episode heat celtics preview that's gonna be fun. I'm sure we'll hear. I'm sure more rumors will come out about the D'Antoni stuff and the Rocket stuff. We'll find out. But um, yeah, we'll see. Tune in tomorrow. We'll uh, we got Game Seven. We got Heat. We got Eastern Conference Finals. Jacked up for it. Let's Jacked go. Up. I'm 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 ready. I got a. I got a growth spurt, but it's it's going horizontal. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> For that series. So we'll the see. guy laughing next to him will not. <laughs> it's gonna make me laugh every single time. Alright, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Later.